Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Basketball music is back, everybody, and so am I. That's right. Hello, everyone. It's your good friend Patrick O'Dowd, joined by his college basketball partner in crime guru, Mr. March Madness, PC Tunney. And we are here bringing you the Pick and Roll podcast on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head thechairshot.com always use your head and we are back to talk about the week that was and a little bit of the week that is to be in the world of college basketball as we're entering into the final two weeks of the regular season most teams are playing four games uh, before conference tournament time Though we will start getting our first conference tournaments, Tony, next week uh, as, as that sort of rolls through. The mid-majors should start should start playing their tournaments out soon, and that's always very, very exciting. It's always fun for those schools because when they start showing the list of teams that are in, like they get like those three, four days of their name they're being one of only a few teams in, you know, um, and it's also fun to watch some of those games. If You know, there's not a whole heck of a lot of going on. Uh, with with the NFL, I shouldn't say there is a heck of a lot going on, but the NFL has stopped. So if you're looking for something else yeah. besides the NFL, some of these lower tiered conferences, as far as power rankings go, uh, end up with some pretty good conference finals. So can't wait for that to start. Yeah, I love I love a good mid major. As a as a guy who attended a mid major school, uh, I attended Eastern Illinois University. They were part of the Ohio Valley Conference, the OVC. And I remember, so my junior year, uh, Eastern Illinois made the NCAA tournament. We won our OVC conference tournament. And I remember that, I like, this is this is a true story. I'm going to tell this true story about Patrick O'Dowd. Patrick O'Dowd, no, this, I'm not joking. It's like you're, the real you're, world. You're about to laugh. It's like the real world is a true story. Yeah, something like that. I was one of the students who helped create the student section that now exists at Eastern Illinois University. Okay. I I thought you were gonna say you stormed, you I thought you were gonna say like you stormed the court after a win or something. Uh, I have stormed the court after a win. We'll talk about court storming in a second. But because um, that is on the agenda today, we're we're going to talk court storming. We're going to talk um, some number one seeds, and we're going to talk some power conference bubble teams. That's on the the agenda. But no, so true story. I was a um, I was a resident assistant 
at at Eastern Illinois University, which meant that I was a student advisor on a floor. But part of part of that job brought me back to campus early. And because I was back after winter break was over, uh, leading into the spring semester, there's not a lot of people around. And our school was so small that if you were a student, you got to go to games for free. Well, me and my buddies who were on staff together, we were just we're kind of bored. Wasn't really much going on. We're like, hey, there's a basketball game tonight. Let's go and just go act the fool. So the three of us, we bust into our fire emergency kits and we pull out these little air horns and the three of us (laughs) go to this game. And I'll never forget it because it's me and these two guys who are new to the job who let's just say they weren't they 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 weren't always on the like like they weren't bad kids but they got into mischief right so so we go to this game and yeah he's playing and we're like we're just losing our minds for everything ah we're blowing the the we're blowing the air horns we're going nuts there was another group of students who we knew that were down on like a lower level we're like waving and yelling at each other and about halfway through the second half this woman comes up to us and she's like, she's like, where she's, she's like, she's suited up. She's got the idea. And she's like, are you the guys that are like acting all crazy and making that noise? And the two guys next to me, their flight instinct kicks in and they're like, no, no, no. I was like, no, yeah, that was us. Like, I, I was the, like, yeah, that was us. Let's pause the story right here. Okay. I don't, I'm yeah. not going to ruin the story, but clearly this can go one of two ways. Yes. Continue. So I'm like, yes, it was us. She was like. If I guarantee you free nachos for every remaining home game, will you come back and do this over? Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah. And through that, I met – so through that, I got together with some of the other students that were there. We started independently of the athletic department outside of – I met the assistant – one of the assistant athletic directors who was like an advisor for us, but we started – what um i don't i i don't remember what it's called now um but uh it became the student section at eastern illinois university i was one of the first people to like it started as a a a recognized student organization and i remember because i was part of that group because i i did so much uh the year eastern illinois made it to the ncaa tournament i was i won Quote, I won free tickets to go see EIU play at the finals of the conference tournament because we were one of those conference tournaments where you played on your home gym until you got to the semis. And then the semifinals and the finals were played in Nashville, Tennessee. So we, I got to go see EIU play at Nashville, Tennessee. Um, that year, they, they lost in, the, in that round. Um, I'm sorry, so I'm getting the source confused. But then the following year, they came back and they won the whole tournament, and they went, and then they lost in the first round to Arizona. They were a 15 seed. They lost to Arizona, who was a two. Uh, and I was given the opportunity; I could have gone to that game as well. And I didn't think my dad um, would be able to foot the bill for it. And he was like, "Well, why didn't you go? I would have paid." And I'm like, Jesus oh, Christ! Now I know. So last- I missed out seeing my team. But um, no, I mean, we the whole deal. So mid-major tournaments are awesome. They're so great. That's their NCAA tournament, and a lot because a lot of these teams are one and dones, except for the occasional uh, Cinderella story, like an FAU. 
or or a Fairleigh Dickinson, those sorts of teams. It's a lot of fun and it's great. But you mentioned court storming, and so that's that's where we will start. Oh, you got you got something? Let's no, I, that's a great freaking story. Um, and and I love the fact that you you know you, like you said you won something, so you definitely had an impact on on what started a tradition there. Uh, that's a, just a great story overall. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, NCAA men's basketball talk commercial free for the rest of the show. What do you think, Pod? Sounds like a plan. I think we can, I can get behind that. All right. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. We'll be right back. Why should you visit the chair Thechairshot.com is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Pick and Roll Podcast. Patrick O'Dowd, PC Tunney, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, as Tunney mentioned before. Get soft style, spend a few dollars more. You feel great on your giblets. Um, yeah, so we got a we got a few topics. We last week we 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 really dug in, did a lot of talk about the top 16 seeds, those quote unquote protected seeds. Uh this week, uh we're we're gonna try to to streamline our, our our podcast just a little bit, stay a little more focused. Those first go arounds, you kind of learn a little bit about what you're going to do. But there were three topics that I really wanted to cover today, and the first one that we'll do. By the way, I remember the name of it. It's called the Blue Crew now. They're just called the Blue Crew, um, and and that's what they've been. But I wanted you talked about court storming, and you were like, you've never participated in a, in a court storm. And I'm like, actually, that's not true because. We let, like we had a great time and we beat Murray State and Murray State was like the team to beat in the OVC until they changed conferences and so when we when we beat them I remember that was that was huge and standing next to Kyle Hill and Henry Domerkant with the names of the two players those were our two stars celebrate next to those days was a big deal but there's been a lot of squawking this year uh, because court storming which is been a thing in college basketball for gosh i don't even remember how long uh but this year there's been a couple of notable incidents that haven't led to anybody getting seriously hurt but it has led to a bit of an outcry amongst some coaches amongst some pundits about ending court storms and so the big the big things that have happened caitlin clark earlier in the in the season uh for iowa the the best women's basketball player in the country right now. Uh, Iowa lost a game. I can't even remember who it was against, but somebody collided with her in a court storm. She dropped to the ground like a sack of potatoes. She was fine. She was shaken up and she was fine. Uh, but then this past week, Kyle Filipowski of Duke, Duke loses to, um, who Wake, did they lose to? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. That's right. Cause I told you to watch out for Wake Forest. That was like the one, it was like the one upset I got right was Wake Forest knocking off Duke. But Kyle Filipowski, he's he's still on the court. He's slowly walking off the court, and he collides with another guy, t- tweaks his knee. Manager for, for Duke, among some other players, they kind of weighed against the crowd and help him off the court. And then we get to John Shire on the podium being, to, you know, starting with, 
great job, Wake Forest. They won this game. They did terrific. But court storming, like, when are we going to end this? When are we going to stop this? Somebody's going to get hurt. And so I, it's the question of the hour. It's It's been beat to death by a lot of other pundits, but we're here. We're the chair shot. We, we, we should have our moment in the sun to talk about it a little bit too. So I'll start with you. How do you feel about court, court storms? Do you think they should stay? Do you think you should legislate them? That's one of the things I've heard talked about is, do you set a clock or a timer before you let them on? What do you do? What are your thoughts on court storming in college basketball? Um, so would you say that professional sports is run more efficiently and effectively than college sports as a whole? Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fair ish, you know, malice at the palace notwithstanding. Or well, that's players. Test. That's yeah. the, and to and to somebody's point. That's the other side of it. To somebody's point uh, that I heard was, the fans don't belong on the court, and the players don't belong in the stands. It's unnecessary. It's not going to stop the fandom and craziness of these kids, right? It, it they're still going to go. Right. They just it's it's unnecessary. And like you said, it's been a topic for a while. We've just had two bigger, higher profile names this year have it happen to and, and pro higher profile. I mean, it possibly the greatest college ba- women's basketball player of all time. If she can win a national championship this year, Caitlin Clark. And then, yeah. you know, a top star for Duke University. And as Dick Vitale used to say, Duke is on TV more than leave it to Beaver. So that just tells you how much of a blue blood they are uh, when it comes to basketball. So it's unnecessary. Don't let it happen. But the NCAA doesn't feel that way because they haven't enforced, they haven't imposed a lot of these, uh, the the fines and, and things of nature against these schools. And they haven't made it heavy enough to stop it. It's just, someone's going to really get hurt and really going to cost the team a season. And then it's going to be too late because that already happened to someone. I I agree with you to a point in, in the sense that I, I 1000% worry about the safety of particularly the visiting players trying to get well, off. And, get and, off. and here, let me just say this real quick. I'm sorry, but holy sure, shit, sure. here comes a storm. Um, it, while I've never stormed the court as a fan, I've, I've played in a high school basketball game where we had to stay in the locker room after the game and the police had to walk us out to our bus. So maybe I come more from that perspective then. Yeah, sure. And here, here's, here's the thing is it's, it's something that is decidedly college sports because like, this is limited to basketball. Like they have stormed football fields. Goalposts have gone goalposts have gone down and been thrown in rivers so it's it is one of those things that a part of me would hate to lose what i think is one of the things that makes college basketball and college sports sort of uniquely college because one of my favorite all-time college basketball memories in the history of the university of illinois as a university of illinois fan was when illinois desperately trying to find a way. I think this is a guy, what was it, 2012? Something like that was forever ago. They're playing number one ranked Indiana with Yogi Ferrell and those players. And 
Illinois is desperate for a win, and they mount this comeback after being down double digits in the second half. DJ Richardson just goes off, and they have an inbound play with about a second to go where Tyler Griffey breaks free, roll into the basket, gets a layup. Illinois beats number one Indiana, and the image of that court, of the students and the fans storming that court, like there is something that's powerful and kind of magical and fandom to that imagery. On the other side of it, I don't want somebody to get hurt. And so I do think security is an important thing. Uh, I've heard a lot of people like talk about, you know, is there a way to just kind of keep, again, like I said, keep the students off until the players get off? And it really depends on the school and what they can afford and what the local uh, and what local law enforcement can actually provide. Because a lot of people don't understand this. Campus, like, so security at a sporting event. So there is, like, the, the people that pat you down and, and, and do the wands and shit when you walk into the arena. And there are some of those folks that are the dudes around the court. But most of the folks that are going to actually be preventative and have the ability to stop people are the badges, are are local and university police departments that can be hired to work those games. And there's two pieces of it. Tony made the little money motion, part of its money. The other is where where you are. So the University of Massachusetts, for example, Amherst is not a big town. The university is big. It's 20,000 plus students. But the city, the, the town of Amherst itself and the surrounding area, they don't have a lot of police. So you can't you can't really pay to have more security there because you don't have police for the surrounding town. And so it's it's tough. Now, do I think a Texas or a Wisconsin or a Duke? Like I do think higher profile schools, Kentucky, could could probably do it. So I have I have a, a solution that people might not like, but it only involves employing eight law enforcement officers. Okay. Four, four human, four canine four corners of the court you want to run out there good luck getting this dog chewing your ass up and it only has to happen once well, to a kid we we might need to change this podcast to story time with patrick because i have seen a drunken college student think they could pet the dog held by the police officer oh boy was that a mistake and then that student tried to sue the school for <laughs> It, he did he did not win so anyway yeah so that's 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 our statement of course i think i think it should stay in some way i think that it's hard like as you kind of said the genie's been out of the bottle for so long that it's hard to pull it back i also do think it is something that just is cool for college students is the game back on Yes, they're Everybody, back. Tony is Everybody's cur- okay. Tony's currently watching Indiana take on Wisconsin <laughs> on Peacock as we record this on Tuesday. Yeah, you listen Thursday. Yeah. Did, well, did Wisconsin just Wisconsin just take the lead? It's sixty-one fifty-eight, seven and a half to go. But yeah, there are there is a weird front coming through um, the Midwest right now, and Indiana is slightly ahead of us in Wisconsin, where it's been seventy degrees all day. And by tomorrow morning, it's going to be 20 degrees. So there's some really weird inclement weather happening throughout that belt. It was tied at 54 with about 10 minutes left. They had to evacuate the arena and take the players to their locker rooms. But they are now back, and it was weather-related. And 
Hopefully Wisconsin can hold on. There's your Tuesday night update. There, there's your Tuesday night update. All right, let's get into some tournament talk. And last week we did a little bit of talk. Oh, we did a lot of bit of talk on the protected seeds, the top 16 seeds. And we kind of did a big rundown because, you know, the NCAA revealed their first protected seeds. We're not going to do uh, another round of discussing protected seeds. What I wanted to do today and last week on this program, I said that there were two teams that were head and shoulders above everybody else in the University of Connecticut and Purdue. In a in a DM thread that that Tony and I have had going back and forth talking college basketball, I had said I had made a statement about a third team, the University of Houston, the Houston Cougars, and I said that if they got through their week this week and beat Baylor at Baylor, that I think that puts Houston in the same category as UConn and Purdue as what I've been calling teams that I trust and think are head and shoulders above anybody else. And these three teams are the three teams I most trust to win six games in a row in March to early April and they are without a doubt, and Tony, if you disagree with me, feel free to chime in, but they're without a doubt going to be number one seeds on Selection Sunday. It's it's funny because, like, I, Purdue and UConn, yeah. And I want to say Houston, too, but, like, what if they lose to Kansas and get bounced in the first round of the their tournament? I think probably still. It's weird because – but here. You have these teams with 24 and three and 25 and three records, the three teams you mentioned. And then after that, you have eight more teams, seven more teams with 20 plus wins and only six losses. It's insane. This is just a crazy year for basketball, but yeah, I agree. Right. Here's my, here's my one thing about Houston. This is what's so crazy about what Houston does. It did and what everybody needs to pay attention to. So Houston jumped conferences this year. They went from the American Athletic Conference, a borderline, you know, they're an upper mid-major, and they were boat racing everybody in the AAC. But everybody said when they jumped to the Big 12 that they were going to take a step back. They not only are on top of the conference, they have a two-game lead on, on everybody. As we're recording this podcast, they're up 11 on Cincinnati. They are with less with six minutes to go like houston doesn't score that's my big concern about houston but they defend they defend so well and their losses they, though, yeah, are, already, their losses are insane because they've lost to iowa state at iowa state by four they've lost to kansas at kansas that's probably their worst loss by 13 which isn't really that embarrassing the only questionable thing is they lost to tcu but like Seriously, that's all. And TCU's a 19-win team too. Right. So like, they're like the Big 12 is a great conference. So they got a two game. They're they're two games up on everybody, and so that then leads to the question: those with those three number one seeds set, who do we think gets that fourth number one seed? Because every time you think you can believe in a team. Something happens. For example, again, to tell you how wrong Patrick O'Dowd was all last podcast, I was sitting here being like, Arizona, man, they look like they figured it out. 
they're beating the they're beating the brakes off of people. They're going to take on Washington State. Tony's like, watch out for Washington State. I think Washington State looks pretty good. I'm like, no. Hold on. You can't just let yourself look bad by yourself because then Washington Washington State turns around and loses to Arizona State. Makes me look like an idiot. But but that's not the thing. But but Arizona, the team I'm trumping up, I was like, watch out, watch out, watch out. And what do they do? They lose to Washington State. And then, yeah, Washington State loses to Arizona State. So, you know, and those two, I mean, those were both tournament teams, but I thought Arizona would just, I thought they would handle their business. I thought they looked better, that they looked strong. And then boom, they lose. Marquette. I was ready. You know, I was so excited when Marquette and UConn played at Hartford. Was ready for that game. Thought it was going to be a great game. And I posted the Simpsons gif of the kid saying, stop, stop. He's already dead because UConn just crushed them then they lost to Creighton uh who but, then lost the next day to uh who did Creighton lose to the other day because Creighton turned around and lost right after um they beat UConn and then they turned around and lost to uh I got it. St. John's they lost to St. John's yes after Patino made the, the, the statement that his whole team the white sucked, they've won two games uh you go to Marquette though Talk about a bounce back after losing a big game yeah. badly. The last two games, the next two games, which is their last two games, they've won by an average of 29 points. <laughs> right. Like, and that's the thing is they've, you know, you've got, you've got Colic and Cockburner. Like you've got, you've got talent. They're, they're so, so good. I think it's a two part question. If you want to answer who's the fourth one seed. And I look at it this way. Do you think anybody from the SEC or ACC are good enough to end up being a one seed. Do you think that Arizona can bring the Pac-12 back to the one seed, or do you think it's going to be another, a second Big 12 or second Big East team? Because those are your options, right? Right. I I like, I know every, I know people rip on Rick Barnes. I like Tennessee. I think Tennessee with Dalton Connect, and um, oh gosh, their their big guy, their big man is uh, elude me. He's more of a he's more of a stretch four than a five. He's really good, but um, they they're another team. They defend Josiah, really well. Josiah Jordan James. Yes. Yeah, um, they're really they're really really good offensively. They defend really well. Dalton Connect has been the surprise scorer of for the conference. So I think I think he could do it from the SEC me, if. Tennessee wins the SEC. Let me tell like you they, ten- if they see it through. Let me tell you Tennessee's next four games. Are you ready? Oh, it's a gauntlet. Home against home against number eleven Auburn, Auburn at Alabama yep. at South Carolina yep. and home to Kentucky. All top twenty teams. Right. All four of those are all four. Te- all four of those games are games Tennessee can lose. All four of those games, I think Tennessee can win. I think they. I think they can go three and one. I think they. I think they beat South Carolina. Um, I think they beat Auburn. I think they lose to Kentucky, and I think they beat Alabama. So who's you? So who do you think is your? Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
who's your fourth one seed then? I don't know. That's that's the point of this exercise. The All point right, of this exercise. I, I think talk about these teams. I think I've narrowed it down. I don't think it's Kansas. I don't think it's Kansas. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's Kansas or Iowa State because there's too much competition there that they won't be able Maybe to Marquette? run it out. Okay, so I don't also think it's anybody from the SEC considering the amount of people that Tennessee has to play. So I think it's not going to be North Carolina or Duke. But if no, if outside chance North Carolina runs the table the rest of the way and everybody else kind of need they need help, that's where I sit. But here where it is, Marquette runs the table, one seed. Arizona runs the table, one seed. Give me Arizona finishing up, cleaning up in their conference. You know, you know, y'all. He picked Arizona over Marquette, so it didn't sound like a homer. That's what that was. That was. That was PC Tunney and his no, Milwaukee I just, ties. I believe that – no, I believe – I, I would say Arizona. I'm being honest with you. You know me as a Packer fan, and I'm on – no, I'm not winking at you, Patch. You son of a biscuit. <laughs> gotcha. I'm with you. Carry <laughs> all the way. But you agree with me. If Tennessee somehow runs the table oh, with those three and easy. one – Yeah, easy. That's a one seed. Easy. I, and, that, and that's the thing. Now, again – We'll see. It's so funny, though, though. You're, you're talking about these teams. I don't trust North Carolina. I, I North Carolina. R.J. Davis has put in so much work. Fourth year, raised his he scoring. Scored, he, scored 40, he scored 49 points on Monday. And it, But here's the thing. If R.J. Davis doesn't go nuclear, North Carolina loses to Miami. Because Miami was – like, they were terrible outside of, outside of R.J. Davis. Terrible. Now – the NCAA tournament is made for stars. And, and so that is something that like you get to like North Carolina can be like, we got that guy. And they have Armando Baycott. When good Armando Baycott shows up, they're they're unbelievable. It's the same like Arizona's the same way. When when Caleb Love is is Caleb Love, just just get out of the way. Well, I, every one of these teams that's in the these thing. first eight, you can name a guy on that team. Jamal Shedd for Houston. Uh, Tyler Kolick, you know, Tyler Kolick, uh, Zach Eady, obviously probably national player of the year. There's just no way it seems like he was like the presumptive favorite. So, all right. So you're going with, you're going with Arizona. I'll say Tennessee and we'll let it all shake out. We'll see who that, who that turns out to be on the other side of the, uh, of the equation are those teams desperately trying to get in and, those are the bubble teams. We're going to talk about the the major conference teams uh, today. We're going to talk about the ACC, the Big East, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC. Sorry, Pac-12. You're not good and you're non-existent anymore anyway because everybody left you and went to the ACC or the Big Ten. Oh, no, there will so. be, be a football conference the next two years because the money's rolling in, <laughs> but we'll see who's in it. It's the Mountain West. It's what it yeah, is. Like it it's is. all the Mountain West. But but the, it's so weird. That's such a stupid thing in football. But I think the most intriguing conference to me in terms of of teams with work to do, mm-hmm. it, for me, it's it's the Big Twelve because the Big Twelve they have they have all these teams that like were given or have like really high had like really high net rankings had really great non-conference schedules uh, because they didn't play anybody during the conference 
And so you've got teams like Texas, who's listed as a first four out right now. You've got teams like Kansas State listed as a as a, a next four out. TCU has an argument. They're squarely on the bubble. They've already probably got four teams locked up in Houston, Baylor, Iowa State, and Kansas. And so it's it's a question of who do you like and who still has work to do. Uh, but for me, I'm most intrigued by can Kansas State win enough and win enough in their conference tournament to make the dance. They're gonna they're, they have the most work to do. I think with the success of the mid-major schools over the last decade and a half, that you need to start mm-hmm. making a fact that if you can't go at least 500 in one of these power conferences, unless you got quad wins up the you-know-what, you shouldn't be making it, right? So for me, it comes down right. to, I, I think Texas Tech will make it. I think TCU will make it. I think BYU and Oklahoma are the teams that need to stay at 500 or above, win a conference tournament game. Texas is just Texas. I don't see Texas or Kansas State getting in unless they make a run and, and turn, turn it around well, right now. Because what do we got? Three, four left? They got to win like three or four of those games. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing is, you know, their Texas's next game is at Texas Tech as we record this. So they got like, Baylor. There's they still opportunity there. They got Baylor. Kansas yep. State play, so, has to play Kansas and Iowa State still. So I'm going to say Kansas State not making the tournament. <laughs> right. What? Um. Yeah, no, Kansas State, it's Kansas State's the one that's got they, they got work to do if they if they want to have a chance. And even then, it's they probably got to win the, the tournament. So. It'll be interesting. Uh, heading over to the ACC, um, this is where, like, I start to start to find things get really, really interesting because you got Pittsburgh, Pitt, who's sitting at, you know, they don't really have a terrible loss. They have one. Well, I take that back. They have two quad three losses, so that's that's not exactly entirely accurate. But three and five against quad one, two and two against quad two. Their strength of schedule is 84, so it's not quite there. Um, their non-conference was abysmal. But they, they, I don't know, they play at Clemson. They're 18 and 9. They have the possibility, you know, they have the opportunity to maybe get to 20 wins before the season is out, before you head in. 20 is often considered that magic number. They do have a win uh, over Duke. They have beaten Virginia. Yep. So... Yeah, I mean that's yeah. where you're looking there. Well, and Virginia and Virginia is another team that's kind of on the bubble, right? Like they're they're sitting there. Oh, I think you know, they're twenty in. and eight. I think Virginia's in. They're uh, gonna, you know, they're, they you have, know who I think you know who I think I I do think Wake Forest got in. This I think past yeah, both both of them have they, uh, double digit wins in the conference already. Right, and and Wake that that win over Duke was was huge. Like it was just huge for them. They needed it. Um, so to pull that off and to get that and yeah, so they're, I think they're, they're in good shape. Big 10 country. I'm tired. I'm just going to say I'm tired of Tom Izzo just getting the benefit of the doubt because he's Tom Izzo. How many lackluster losses does his team need to have? Before 
quote unquote experts and pundits will acknowledge that this is not an NCAA tournament team. Well, here's the problem though. And they're going to Purdue. That's their next game. Is that they Purdue? have a they already have a win over Baylor. <laughs> they gotta play Northwestern in Indiana. If they beat Purdue, they're this is this is basically their playoff game to get into the tournament. They beat Purdue they're going because you know they're going to win a couple games in the conference tournament. Michigan State, Tom Izzo just wins conference tournament games. Lose, you lose at home. They haven't done themselves a favor in the last two games. Ohio, Iowa, State. They they lost Iowa. Iowa's playing really good. They're they're another team that's trying to win out. Like Iowa kind of has to win out. They they sort of sparked their tournament hopes in Illinois beat them 78 to 71 after Illinois choked away a game against Penn state, which was just a brutal, brutal loss. Um, you know, they, yeah, they do have Purdue. They have Northwestern. They got Northwestern at home. Northwestern is Northwestern. Isn't the same team. I think Northwestern is going to get in, but it sucks that Ty Berry is gone for the season for them because I think they would have a much better seed. Um, and really that's the only bubble team. Nebraska. You think Nebraska's in? They I win do. at home do and I? they score a ton. I think they do. I think Nebraska's in. So that's one, two, three, four, five. I think you get at least six teams from the Big Ten. I hope one of them is not Michigan State. I'm, t- I'm also tired of Izzo whining. All right. Like I, Izzo bitching and moaning about the transfer portal and being like the ultimate old, old man yells at Cloud over this old shit. He's getting old. He is getting old. He's getting old and sad. All right, so we've done that. Uh, the SEC. Who we got in the SEC that we want to talk about? You got Mississippi State sitting there. They're twenty eight in the net. They're nineteen and eight. They should be in. Um, they got Kentucky at home um, tonight as we're recording. They're tonight. Yeah. So I don't know how they a, do against this is, Kentucky. They're down one with fifteen seconds to go. So that's a dramatic game. And the and the Badgers oh, in Indiana are tied at 70 with a minute to go. So we got quite the evening. Houston's up 13 on Cincinnati. Kansas is up 10 yeah, already. Uh, Dayton won today. So Ole Miss is another one that that confounds me. They they start off so strong. They've really tumbled as late. They have an opportunity tomorrow. I'm sorry, Wednesday, as we're talking about this against Alabama. Uh, they score that they don't defend. They're another team that they're non-con. Like they played cupcakes. They they were like, we're gonna we're gonna play easy teams and really boost our record. And then died. Their their last three, they got Mizzou, they're gonna beat Mizzou. They got Georgia, they're gonna beat Georgia. Those teams are not good. Though Georgia's not an easy out, uh, but they're gonna they're gonna win at least two of their next three. I don't, you know, they're playing Bama at home. That's probably the big one that that sort of decides it for them. Oh, and they have Texas A&M, who's also on the bubble. I don't like think, that's two bubbleicious teams taking each other on. I don't think. Well, that's hard to say. You get these teams in these conferences that are so top heavy. Yeah, you, they can. Uh, Mississippi the winner State, of Ole Miss. It. Yeah. The winner of Ole Miss and Texas A&M goes to the tournament and probably plays in the first four. I don't think A&M makes it into the tournament. I think it's Ole Miss or Mississippi State, depending on who plays better. And it's going to be really hard for Mississippi State being two games under 500. But the problem with Mississippi State is they still have to play Auburn and South Carolina, and they might not beat Kentucky all right tonight. So There you go. All right, last but not least, let's head over to the Big East. Providence is sitting there on the bubble. Seton Hall Providence sitting is there on the bubble. 
You think Providence is in? I think Providence. They is have in. no. They have no. They have no bad losses. No, like, and they. Yeah, and they bolt raced Marquette in Providence as well, so that was a huge win for them that I can remember. Um, I think you're. I don't think. I think this is clear cut. I think you get these top five teams in the Big East. Nova's not going to make it. St. John's ain't going to make it. So I, I would say that with confidence, especially since Wouldn't it Providence be... Providence gets to beat. I know they have to play Marquette and UConn here, but they get Villanova and Georgetown. So at worst they're two and two, and they also have an opportunity for another quad one win. How bonkers would it be, though, for fucking Patino to, like, run the table out and have an opportunity to make noise in the Big East tournament? St. John's in the garden. Oh, kind of turns me on a little bit. All right. Their only quality win was Creighton. I know, but it's Patino. It's the the Izzo excuse, right? Like, Izzo gets a benefit of the doubt. Patino, who looks like he just hates being here, like he hates college basketball. Sorry, man. I love I love when Tony is watching sports and we're recording podcasts. By the way, because you can tell exactly how the game is going without watching. I pay attention. <laughs> I know you pay attention, but I always last team I want to talk about because this was a very hyped team because they made the Final Four last year, brought everybody back. Were they, they were the darlings of sports media, but FAU. It's 21 and seven in the American Athletic Conference. They're not going to win their conference. I think they're in second, maybe or third. They just lost to Memphis. Maybe Memphis is in second in the American Athletic. Um, they've been. I, I I don't know if this is because everybody just loved just loved third second. They're tied for second with Charlotte right now. If ever if everybody just loved the story so much that they assumed. That even though they were moving up in weight class with their conference, that they were just going to run this table, win the win the conference, win the league, and then turn around and do another run to the Final Four. Uh, as it is, South Florida has been the best story out of of potential um, uh, Cinderellas. As Amir Abdurrahim has taken that team, they've got them at a twenty-one and five five record, fourteen and one in conference. But FAU, they have one big win. They beat um, Kentucky in, I think, in Lexington. No, no, they didn't beat. Who did they beat? They beat Arizona in double overtime. Arizona. They also have a win against Texas A&M when they were in the top 20. I would tell you this. If Florida Atlantic uh, wins out. They're in. They're going to be in no matter what because they're, they're everybody loves them. And the community is not, not going to do that. I, now that I've seen the Arizona win, likely, but I still think they have to make it to their conference championship game and not lose another game until then. I will, NCAA tournament loves its narratives. It loves its stories. That's I, a great story. I would take a Florida Atlantic over one of these teams we talked about over the Power Five conferences that are like going to end up 500 and lose in their second round conference tournament game and have 18, 19 wins. That's where I'm. I agree with. I agree with what they were doing, and bringing in more right. more mid majors. That's what I want. Fair enough. So. We'll we'll probably have this discussion again next week too. That's after fine. everybody it's, wins and loses, yeah, it's this fluid. is the best part of the tournament is speculating <laughs> who's going to go on. But I think that is going to close the book on this week's edition of the Pick and Pick and Roll Podcast. Before we get out of here, uh, I just want to remind you where to find us. I'm going to go first and just tell you all follow me every uh, follow me on all the social medias at Wrestling Realist as at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. 
And while I am doing this short-run college basketball podcast with PC Tunney through the NCAA tournament, at least through Selection Sunday, we'll see what happens after that, uh, you can catch me four days a week on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Uh, like Just subscribe to, our, subscribe to our podcasting network wherever you get your podcast, and you will be able to listen to me talk about wrestling, pop culture, hockey, and college basketball. Like I, I talk about it all. I'm there. You can't, you, apparently, you all can't get enough of me. So you keep bringing me on podcasts. It, it's a true story. Follow me at BC Tunney. You can hear me most days with Patrick O'Dowd as well. Uh, Chairshot Radio Network, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Don't forget ProWrestlingTees.com. Great time this week, Patrick. Can't wait for next week, man. We're marching towards madness. We are. We got we to gotta talk about recording next week after we, after we get off this podcast. Oh, boy, folks. Special announcement coming on social media. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.